Welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. What you're about to hear is a live show commemorating 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the release of Avengers Endgame tomorrow. We thought it good to have a trip down memory lane. We all hope you enjoy this very special episode. Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, Mr. Martin Unsworth and Mr. Chris Hayes. And tonight we're on the eve of the release in the UK of Avengers Endgame. It's the end of a 22-movie saga, which a lot of us could have barely believed uh, all them years ago. I mean, I grew up watching Spider-Man in pyjamas, climbing around on ceilings. Ba- you were? I, 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 I... See when you were hyperactive. <laughs> no, yeah, it sounded like that, didn't it? What you had as, a, as attempts at comic books, then you had Batman, uh, which was fun. It got away with it because it was camp and it was, you know, crazy. But the, make no mistake, he wasn't fighting supervillains. There were no special effects where people were smashing through walls, flying and doing all that. It was all very camp and, and low-key antics, which amused loads of kids. They got away with it. And a lot of shows got away with it. Do this before and I didn't know it was a comedy. You didn't know it was a comedy? Yeah, when I was a kid. We're, we're rubber sharks and people climbing up the side of buildings but making it clear that they were just climbing, you know, horizontally. I was, I was too busy rolling my eyes to... Bright primary colours, comic book fights with pow, wham, kablam, all that. I mean, it was what it was, but that was all they could get away with because you couldn't do the real thing. And then in the 70s, they tried to do the real thing. You got Wonder Woman was close. I mean, Wonder Woman was bending iron bars. She was um, flying an invisible plane. 
she was uh, somersaulting over tall buildings and stuff. She was genuinely doing super-powered antics. But here's the other problem. They didn't have enough money to have supervillains, so I think she fought a Nazi Wonder Woman in one episode, and the rest of the time she was just locking up drug dealers and fencers and pimps and bent politicians. And you had the same thing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was fighting ninjas. He wasn't fighting, um, you know, Dr. Octopus or, or Green Goblin. He was just locking up drug dealers and stuff. And and you couldn't do it. I mean, Spider-Man famously used to swing off the same flagpole every week, a, a different angle, and pretty much everything was the same. And, and up into even the 90s, on screen, on TV or at the movies, there was very, very little. The first one that I remember watching that made a big difference, Superman 2, that was a big supervillain battle with no CGI, they were throwing cars everywhere. That was a really great uh, thing. I mean, DC nailed the first ever true comic book battle on screen with that movie, which it's done it sadden you where they are now compared to Marvel. You you move on and then got to the early like 2000s and millennial era. You did have Blade. Blade was amazing. I mean, that was a proper no-holds-barred comic book, which me being a fan of Tim of Dracula is great, but still they hadn't got that universe where you'd be reading the comic books there'd be double page splashes where a crossover with the avengers and the x-men or the avengers and the defenders and you'd have a a load of people about 15 characters knocking seven bells out of each other with superpowers with hammers with uh, laser blasts coming for their eyes all that stuff on pages but these massive big epic battles you were nowhere near getting that and then we got announced i mean what when did you hear about them about to tackle Iron Man and that they were setting up their own studio because until then they'd farmed them all out to other companies giving Sony a license to do Spider-Man but all these were separate movies they they didn't coexist in the Marvel Universe like the comic books did and no one expected it to take off the way it did I mean you two must have been shocked when they chose Iron Man yeah pretty much because it's not a saleable character at that time no. The comic books were selling that well. There was a famous British book called Iron Man, um, which yeah. later got produced as the Iron Giant, as animated. Yeah, Poet Laureate at the time. Yeah, people, people really liked that book, and that was what people thought Iron Man was. And in, if you mentioned the Avengers in this country, you thought of Emma, Emma Peel, John Steed from, from the TV show. I remember that Iron Man. Mm, yeah. Before, you're going to laugh here, I'm mm. making this up, he mm. fought a giant space battle. Yeah, he did. Space, yeah. No, no. Space bat angel dragon, he fought. Whoa. That's the name of the character he fought. So, would the Iron Giant, the, the you know, the animated mm. that we got, Yeah. would that have, got, if they got a sequel? Would yeah, you, you would have fought spa- Space Bat Angel Dragon, yeah. And he would have lost his ear. His ear got melted in the battle. That's, that was the uh, big thing. Sad yeah. yeah. He got a girlfriend in the follow-up book. What? There was a follow-up, the sequel to The Iron Man. Who wrote him? Same, I can't remember the author's name now, but it's the same person he wrote it. Incredibly famous. Yeah. He was, he was married to... Um, so it was the same author? Yeah, it was. So there's two, there's two books. Like, people don't know there's a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The lift thing. Oh, it's weird, that book. God, it's weird. But it's wonderful. But, but I do understand why people have thought, maybe we can't film that. It's a bit too weird. But... The, he fights the Vinicius Canids on a space station that nearly destroys Earth, and then they come back down and uh, it's and then end up at the White House. And that was going to be the third book. Just interject, it was Ted Hughes. 
Ted Hughes, yeah, that's oh, the right. offer. Yeah. Oh, there we go. He, he was married to Sylvia Plath. Right. That's who I was trying to think of. See, so, and he, he wrote the two. What's the name of the sequel book while you're checking? Is it the? Uh, it was a girl. He met a girl. He got a girlfriend in the book. Mandatory reading back in the day. Oh man, you did every school. This book got got read to you because it was a really well written book and and it it fired the imagination of kids. But when you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned I, I'm reading Iron Man, they just thought, oh, oh it's a comic book of that, a comic book version of that book. They, they, over here, mm. Iron Man, not heard of him. He, that comic book is not available. Do you want to guess what it's called? The Iron Woman? It was. Yeah, I thought it might have been. I, didn't, I wasn't sure. Uh, it sounds, it's a bit too much like the Iron Lady for my liking, to be honest, mm. and you know the connotations that fires yeah. up. No wonder you've blocked it out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So was it around 2006 that, that they announced it? Because yeah. I remember uh, Feige and Favreau and Edgar Wright yeah. and Joe Cornish mm. uh, at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, that's the earliest memory I can uh, yeah. recall of the... Uh, oh, that's very unprofessional, Mike. I never do that. Oh, my. It's my phone going off. We, we should just pretend that that was some kind of uh, new jingle or something. What would it yeah. alert? No, it was uh, some information from Marvel Studios, oh, you know, well, to, to help course. us with the content of, of the show. Right. Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. What that was. Yeah. Don't spoil or anything. That's what he said. So I remember that San Diego announcement, and um, obviously we were familiar with Iron Man, mm. but I remember the resulting, uh, you know, news stories um, uh, throughout the the media. It's like, who the hell is Iron Man? Yeah. They were. They they really did not know. Uh, you know, I'm talking. You know, your tabloid media and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely um it's crazy when you think back. It's crazy when you think back that they took a punt on that. But I got why they were I got why one aspect of it I did get because Howard Hughes is a massive character still in in America and it's obvious it's always been obvious that um, that Tony Stark is Howard Hughes. It yeah. was always meant to be Howard Hughes, the billionaire in, inventor with loads of women, loads of booze problems, you know, anxiety issues. He, it, it was him. So I think they thought they could connect with Americans with this. Mm. I, that made sense, but I, I didn't understand where they thought French, German, English audiences were going to take to it. But then, And then when they announced, uh, the big thing for me was I was really not happy with them announcing it was Robert Downey Jr. I felt it should have been an unknown because I thought that I knew Robert Downey Jr. and I knew that he was a very comic actor. I'd seen him in a lot of films, especially Air America, which is a film mm-hmm. I really love what he did yeah. with Mel Gibson, but it was very similar to the Black Hawk comics. And that was great, but I couldn't see him in this role doing the serious stuff. So I was very upset when I heard it was him. Which is, you know, I wasn't upset. I was surprised. I was surprised. He was yeah. on his ass. He had a lot of troubles at that time. That so. as well. Yeah, I yeah. thought. I thought he'd done an actual stint in prison, hadn't he? He'd done a long one. Yeah, yeah. really. He'd done. He'd been in and out a few times. I mean, yeah. he, he kept relapsing. He kept. They kept sorting him out with drugs. I mean, what? That's a problem. He'd have that many problems. They kept sorting out these issues, and he would just go back and do it again. And at some point, you'd think they they would go. Oh no, maybe they, this is too much trouble, you know. But they didn't, and they give him they give him a chance, and they get. They, I'll say something though. He got given a lifeline, and he grabbed it with both hands, didn't he? Uh, yeah, and along, along uh, with that shotgun that he liked the taste of. Oh God! 
Well, you know, you remember his famous metaphor, don't you? It's like uh, liking the taste of a... He was comparing it, uh, the cocaine, yeah. to putting a shotgun into your mouth because you you like the taste of the gunmetal. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, he said yeah. it in No, court. I, get, I get it. I remember what... I remember the reaction it got. Um, but the lifeline really came mm. from um, Shane Black, mm. who uh, cast him in mm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Absolutely, yeah. Around about 2004 or five. Yeah, um, and that, that really did help. That put that him back on the brilliant. radar. So Dexter had Veronica killed, threw a dress on her, dumped the body and walked away clean, except for one little thing. Underpants. One tiny little pair of undies. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's funny, huh? I'm going to break your nose now. Okay. Oh. I want you to picture a bullet inside your head. Can you do that for me? Fuck you. Anyway, that's ambiguous. Ambiguous? No, I don't think so. No, I think he means that when you say picture it inside your head, okay, is that a bullet will be inside your head or picture it in your head? Like Harry, an image? He's got Look, a point. I don't know anything about a girl, seriously. I was bluffing. You know what? I think that you are bluffing right now. Harry, what are you doing? Well, what I'm doing for the guy who likes to bluff is I'm playing a little game called Am I Bluffing? Huh? Where is she? Where the fuck is Harmony? Harry. You want to play hardball? I can do that. Where? Is the girl? What did you just do? I just I put in one bullet, didn't I? I you put, put a live round in that gun. Oh yeah, there was like an eight percent chance. Eight percent? Eight? Eight? Yeah. Who taught you math? More? I don't know. Shit. Yeah, because it was an amazing, amazing film that, and he was great in it. Superb. So yeah, when he when when they announced that, I was initially I was very skeptical about the whole thing, and then I did hear that it was going to be the beginning of this. They were going to do other properties that they still had the rights for, so they announced they couldn't do the Fantastic Four Spider-Man, but they were going yeah. to do other properties. They, they basically yeah. sold all their all A the properties. Stuff, yeah. yeah, all the good stuff. So it's they, all gone. They had to basically promote B-list and make them A-list yeah. by, by the way that they handled the film launches. So when this was coming about, they started. I started seeing the pictures of him as Tony Stark and, and the stuff that they leaked, and I thought... Do you know, he, has, he does actually look like him a bit. He did, he, certainly the you know, classic look. Yeah, and I, and I thought this isn't this isn't might not be too bad. And then they announced that these movies were going to be linked, and then suddenly I started to feel quite good about that because we hadn't had that before, had we? No. I mean, we'd had a shared the only shared universe that had worked with movies was the Universal Monsters. Now, they were crossing over into House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, and all that, and they were all mashing up. You had, you know, five, but these were five or six characters. They were like the horror Avengers. And there was of never the any real attention to uh, continuity. No, because so. they'd, they'd recast someone. If one of them was ill, they'd just recast someone as Dracula or recast someone as. Imagine if they did that. One of the one of the three Avengers films, Hemsworth couldn't do four, so in uh, uh, the, the second one, they just had somebody else who looked kind of like him. Well, it's happened a couple you know. of times though hasn't it oh Rody, yeah. you know um what was yeah, he called they dealt terrence with it, howard well. they dealt with it did they well i thought they no they didn't they didn't they, do no. with it well but they dealt they, with it in a humorous manner the committee would now like to invite lieutenant colonel james rhodes to the chamber Rody? what hey buddy didn't expect to see you here Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's I move on. I, I just... I drop just, it. All right. I'll drop it. Surely the only uh, uh, connected universe that has ever worked uh, before this was the Viewerskew 
the view askew. Oh yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could argue that some of them characters are, are superhuman in ways because it, it's bizarre stuff going on, especially in um, what's it? Um, oh God, what's the Jane uh, Silent Bob Strike Back? That was crazy because oh, you even had Cockknocker in there, Mark Hamill, but you had um, it, I think Dogma, Dogma. Dogma was crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that didn't have a, a realistic bone in its body, that movie, did it? That was as far-fetched as any of this yeah, Marvel it's stuff. Religion. Yeah, so no, I, I loved it. I, I also appreciated the fact they did a real-world version of Jay and Silent Bob in Chasing Amy, as they're the real people that the other movie versions seem to be based on, where they, they was taking the piss over, you've got me saying Snoochie. Oh, Blunt Man and Chronic. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did like that. I thought that was really good, and you know, but yeah, they, so this launches, and it took, which now seems like a box office disaster. It took uh, nearly four hundred million, but at the time was an absolute, absolute home run. They thought they'd absolutely cracked it. It was brilliant. They they did do. They started the first of what's now becoming. I wouldn't say it's an ordeal. Some of them are more rewarding than others, but I'm sure they're the bane of the cinema staff's lives. These, bane, these post the universe, mate. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? It's DC. All oh, right. No. Oh God. Yeah. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Not Sorry. Catching up on what you meant. Then saying the having to wait till till you've had um, four hundred Chinese um, and Japanese render farm operators going up on screen you know and, and the credits used to be you know if you watched a movie back in the 70s 80s credits would be two minutes long or whatever maybe you'd have time for one song at the end if you if they they ended with a song and now yeah they're 10 minutes long now and they've got they've actually got us now waiting for a mid-credit sequence and a post-credit sequence yeah well good because um, you, know. you couldn't you couldn't get people to stay and pay their respects to all these hundreds no. of people's people that had made this movie. No, well, I used so to wait. They have to. I used to wait at the end of some of the movies when I was. You're young. in the minority though. No, I, I know. Well. I know. Well, it used to. I uh, it started me off doing that because well, airplane had all that stupid stuff at the end of the credits. There'd be mm. all that weird stuff that they'd write interspersed, you yeah. know. And then at the end, it'd say, and and I got indoctrinated because of Bond as well, because you'd wait to the end because it'd go James Bond will return in, and it'd have the title of the film. That's when people actually did some forward planning and uh, decided to name the film before they ended the film they were producing. So that um, for the following movie, you could watch and learn what the title is, and there was no internet, you see. So at the end of Perfect. Your Eyes Only, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd know it was Octopussy or you'd know it was whatever. And, and that was good because you'd have a payoff for it. But the, these are good. Some of these post-credit sequences... Are, are good and I think the first one in Iron Man was very important because it set up uh, Samuel L. Jackson as, as Nick Fury and it, it it paved the way for the Avengers which when you think about it the Avengers they were already aiming for the Avengers with this and they weren't calling it phase one then that came along later oh, wasn't yeah, it sure. just like the phase one two and three is yeah. called the Infinity Saga yeah that's right. You know, that's Which, relatively a new term. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, the Infinity Saga got twenty-two movies. So what do you do next? Who knows? But the the well, the first one is is going to be the new the next Spider-Man one. But following up Iron Man and that success, we ended up with the Incredible Hulk. Now, that's a weird one. That one because it stands out as it sticks out a little bit to me 
the post-credit sequence in that is the one that nails that to this whole saga because it's an important one because you've got um, you've got Thunderbolt Ross and then you've got um, Robert Downey Jr. there and the talking it may it lends it more to being uh, you know more merged and and I thought that was good but that one does sort of stick out on its own Incredible Hulk I do like the battle at the end and it's the first time they've done a proper Hulk movie that that's like the comic book that had had a comic book villain in yeah yeah the comic book villain because he's an important comic book villain whereas mm. the other the Ang Lee one although it's quite weird and strange to watch and it, it's got some nice mesmerising moments it's still it's not up really up its own arse it's really art yeah it's mm. it, it's ridiculous and they tried to compensate with them art house comic book panels but it still didn't feel like a comic book to me no Whereas at least with this, they even did a, a homage at the beginning. Where they recreated the credits from the Incredible Hulk TV, TV series. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead, and he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Which which was good, but Ed Norton apparently was an absolute nightmare on this film. Yeah, he's not actually worked that much since. No, I, I don't think this uh, this worked out for him. No, because this this that movie, his behaviour on that movie, yeah, got him recast for the Avengers. Yeah, That's you know, right. naturally everyone yeah. thought he was going to be in. The Avengers in you know just a couple of years' time, yeah. But it was um, Whedon who made the call. Yeah, don't want him. Yeah, I mean he must have been an absolute nightmare because why would you turn down a name like that when you're just forging away and you're creating this universe? Why would you turn a name down? That, Which like goes that? back to what we were saying before no. about you know they, they wouldn't just recast. They no. have done no. several times. Yeah, and in major major roles I as agree. well. Oh, I agree. When you think about it, the Hulk is a character into itself. I like the fact that the Hulk post-Avengers has always looked a bit like Mark Ruffalo, hasn't he? In the face, he looks like mm, Ruffalo, even yeah. the hair, the whole lot. Yeah. And um, he didn't really look like Ed Norton, the Hulk, in, no, in this, did he? He I didn't look like the, anything, did he? I don't really? think the mocap was quite there. Yeah. No, I don't. So I, I mean, that one was, was it. But then, Although he was probably as angry as Ed Norton. Yeah. You know, on set. My God, he, he, there's a lot of stories, isn't there, about him just literally picking stuff up and hurling it because someone's told him that he can't change something. And he wanted he wanted the whole lot. He wanted script approval. He wanted to be able to alter stuff. And But he, what he's got to remember is he had he had some of the stars there that were of... Not, I'm not saying they were as big as him at the time, but what, Liv Tyler's not... You know, is she not 
to be respected if she said, I want to change some of my words. But who was it who's playing uh, Ross again? Uh, uh, William Hurt. Yeah, you know, well, you are you really think... going to tell him that he can't alter his lines then if Ed Norton can? Suddenly you've got chaos on your hands, haven't you? Well, Ed Norton claims to have written that movie. He does not, though, has he? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, no. I'm not sure that he did. Moving on from there, Iron Man 2 is the one that I think you changed your opinion on. I was all right with I thought it was better than you did first time, but I think you think it's better than I do now. That's my rough impress- impression. Yeah, I, don't know I, what Martin knows. I think it doesn't stand alone as a film, mm-hmm. and when we went to see it, yeah. Um, you know, after Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a fully formed movie. In its own right. In nope. its own right. Mm. However, revisiting it after the Avengers and phase one was complete, you know, you've spent a lot more time with those uh, with those other characters now. Sure. Um, Black Widow. Yeah. Especially. And all of a sudden, it is a fun movie. Yeah, because you're meeting them from the first time. Exactly. But here's the thing, this is where I've said before, there were loads of times during this whole little experiment, and it feels weird calling it an experiment over 10 years, but it hasn't been done like this before. Nothing has been done like this, and it could have easily gone wrong. You had 22 movies to put a real stinker out that would have derailed this, and and, and they haven't so far, but we're going through them all, and some are better than others, clearly. But I say Iron Man 2 has got this thing where... I would go and I'd be reading comic books, got all my comic book collections, and then suddenly I'm moving them. You must have done this, where you're moving them to put them into a box or you're putting them away somewhere, then suddenly you start reading one, then suddenly you're reading them again. And then you go back to the earlier issues and suddenly a character that this is the first issue they're in. And then you know that. And Iron Man 2's got that going for it now. It you really can go does. back and all these new characters. That Black Widow is my favourite character. Yeah, she's a great character. And, and and in that, she was magnificent. That that fight sequence, that, that non-stop fight sequence down that corridor was absolutely Super brilliant. Early. It still stands up today it as does. one of my favourite action sequences yeah, it's of wonderful. the whole infinity saga yeah i liked it every bit she did she did that she had that weird thing that looks like a garrote but what she does is it she puts it round like she you think she's going to strangle them but she just uses it to spin round yeah. on them and then she's got them two weird capsule things that she throws on the floor that electrocute them and and it was just great to watch that it was, it, was it the first int- introduction properly of shield yeah, as well it was yeah yeah and him being a bit drunk, and him, and so, and and it was quite weird because he said, "Oh, you're not in the Avengers now. You're too stupid. You are. You're just <laughs> a liability." And it, so there was a lot of unexpected stuff, and he had to prove himself again, which which was good. Um, did you? What did you think, Martin? Uh, I'm pretty much with Chris at the time. It was it was a bit of a, a non-event, but mm. then then like you say, coming back to it, it, everything fits into place. Yeah, it's like a wine. It's matured a bit in the cellar, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? And then, and then we moved on. Then, then is the four came along. Now, a lot of people I liked four, but I didn't like every incarnation. That this is a comic book, unlike the others, where they've been runs and they've been real standout runs with certain creative teams in the comics. But they've been roughly telling a very similar story or different versions of the same character. But they've been similar enough whereas for my god there were some runs that were like the Williamson run where they delved into the Norse mythology and the whole stuff and and sometimes if if you were like in the action orientated for 
you might hate that run. There were lots of different runs that were Marmite. You know, some of them were great, some of them were not. And then even uh, Straczynski, who finished at Babylon 5, he took over and he brought him down to earth and he put uh, Valhalla, sorry, that's say Valhalla, there's a Freudian slip, Asgard. He he made it float above Kansas, I think it was, in, on a little rock. And it was such a weird diversion, made Loki a girl. And the whole thing was was really unusual. Like I say, very, very different. So this movie, it sort of trod the ground in the middle. It took yeah. enough from all of it. It had the warriors that, that were big names, but it didn't. But still, I don't think the movie going public know who these people are. No, God, I don't no. think four was a big, a big hit. It took money. Um, it had the worst uh, cameo scene I've ever seen in any of these, though. Yep. Hawkeye. I remember. It, it, it was just so obvious that they wasn't on set. And it that's was... where the connected universe stuff uh, started to strain already. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you were, and, and to me, that was a worry. Because if they've had to resort to that, where they couldn't, what, you couldn't get Jeremy Remboy on set. You couldn't pay him a couple of quid. He yeah. wouldn't have wanted to And this is movie, movie four. Yeah. So, so it didn't bode well, that, for me. But I did love Hemsworth as the character. And, and I've got to say... I, I didn't think, I didn't buy her, as, I love her in every film she's in. Portman, I, she can do no wrong for me, but I thought that her role, I don't know, I didn't buy them two together yet. The the character in the comic book, he falls for this nurse, and that's the whole part of the big love story. There was zero it. chemistry yeah, between those yeah, guys. That was it. Yeah. Whereas in the comic, it's a massive love story about he gets entangled on Earth and, the, uh, and, and looking after Earth because he falls in love with an Earth yeah. woman. And that's part of the big thing. I don't think it did that very successfully. But the hammer, the the uh, setting in, in Asgard, the the stuff that, uh, that you needed to get a the mythology i thought it got across but i do understand if someone says oh well, well you're into four so much you're a bit boring in these but but there was one scene in four where hemsworth totally got it and it was the bit where he's in the cafe and they bring him the beer and he drinks the thing and then smashes the goblet on the on the floor and went another yeah and and that's him that's him he he, he would be like that for is an arrogant asshole but but he'll fight for you he'll fight for you they didn't play up the fish out of water as much as they should no there was the Kenneth Branagh's direction was very flat it wasn't as not a sort of film is it no no it needed to be a comedy and no it was just too dry yeah I I agree with that and I think yeah I mean under a different director you've seen what Hemsworth is capable of yeah and yet, you know, he, he must have felt quite constrained by Branner. Yeah, I I believe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he is a good director. He's great. And but Alan I, Taylor. But I've seen the films. Later. Yeah, I've seen the films that he he does, and they're not this kind of movie. It was an interesting choice. I guess they wanted this to be more Grand. epic or yeah, something. Yeah. Or, or but but then we come on to this. I think should we say if we hit our favourites. Um, on the fly, or shall we wait until the very end? We'll wait until we've completed phase one, we and then to get ones that now that I am really. Well, excited this is about. the last of phase one, isn't it? Yep. So we'll all pick our favourites from phase one. No worries. Right. Well, this one here, Captain America: The First Avenger, is one of my favourite movies ever made. Wow. I love it Bold. so much. I could watch it time and time again. 
I love the music, the song by Alan Menken in it, Joe Johnston's capture of that war, that wartime era, the fact you had the embryonic shield there with, with a different version of Tony Stark, his dad still developing weapons for, for them all to use. The, the whole thing was brilliant. They managed to get Bucky in it in a believable way. They told the story, the, the definitive bit that where he's getting beat up by that massive guy in the alleyway and he kept getting up and he kept going where, before, when he was puny Steve Rogers and he's going, I can do this all day. And that was the character in a nutshell, the spirit of the guy. And all they did was, uh, with that experiment, they didn't create a superhuman, they just made his body as tough and noble as his interior, mm-hmm. his real self. He made it, he matched him up. And, and what there were so many moments in that film that I watch and I love I love the costume, the set design, the special effects, the, the, the red skull, even though that guy really didn't want to be there Hugo Weaving he said it's the worst experience of his his life his working life and he said he's never ever going to play that character again the Red Skull oh well he's not needed well later on it turns out you were going to see him again mm-hmm. so uh, Hugo Weaving I must say I didn't Ross Mark one. yeah well there we go there's another recast there yeah but that one worked I didn't even know it wasn't. I didn't even think. No. I didn't even think about it. You know oh, who that is, Ross Mark Wand? No. From The Walking Dead. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah boring gay guy. Yeah. yeah. He's not boring anymore, though. He's got an iron No, he's arm good. He's good. He's good. And a now. kick-ass beard. Oh, come on. The first year was And he's he like was a rubbish. ninja. Now. Yeah, he is now. Fantastic. Yeah, they listen to me. They listen to me they must on have. this show. Must have. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> So I like, I like that, and, and it reminded me another really bit earlier than the Marvel Universe, The Rocketeer is a superhero movie that I absolutely love, and I absolutely love that film. And again, it's Joe Johnston. He, he nails this era to perfection. Now, I'm a bit... I was upset that they didn't keep it in World War Two for a couple of movies, and because you could have still had him in modern day in The Avengers. They could have found him in The Avengers like mm. they were going to, and you could have had... In, in maybe in phase two or three, go in the ice and then you complete the circle. But yeah. I do get, but but I didn't know that we were going to get a very special movie because he was set in the modern day. Mm. Now we'll get to that in a bit. But obviously, then uh, what did you two think of the Captain America? Enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, not as much as you clearly. Mm. Mm. I don't think there was enough action. Maybe you're right. On that. You'd, you know, we we saw a lot skipped over in a montage sequence, mm. and I think that's maybe what you're pinpointing there that mm. you'd you'd quite like to have spent more time. Yes. Yeah, I love that era because it, it worked with his character. A, a lot of things went down that we'd like to have seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the way that they dealt with the the character of Captain America himself, you know, the because that arguably. That's the riskiest of the lot. Oh so far. God, God! With this era that yeah. we're living in now, my God! Is it even going on holiday saying you're American? You, you, you might get something thrown at you. You know, it was an era where they weren't that popular. But they it was just had so a very smartly done, wasn't was, it? You know, it and was. that costume as well. It was the, the fact that it was, you know, uh, uh, he was like a mascot, wasn't it? Yeah, he? yeah. That's how we got around it. Fantastic. And he had that goofy costume, and then then Stark went right. We, if you go in into battle, we'll actually have to make that. Yeah. And and then suddenly you're not getting a silly reveal where he's just made had a costume made for him. And ta-da! Look at me. It evolved without you even thinking yep. about it. Um, and he's so charming, isn't he? I love him. I think he's great. I didn't realise he was such a good actor in Fantastic Four playing, as you say, Johnny Johnny Flame Flame. Boy. No, no. 
I didn't think he was this good an actor. It turned out he was. What did you think? I'm pretty much for you, but for different reasons, I suppose. I like the fact it's not all action. Mm. And it's a bit more character-driven and... And takes its time with it, you know. Mm. So. I thought Dominic Cooper was great as Stark's dad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he turned up again in the TV show Agent Carter. Yeah, and he, I, loved, and I loved him in that. He, 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 was, he was wonderful, and that's I mean, what I mean. It that created, whole series is a yeah. great companion piece to the film. Yeah, and what they started to Season do... Season one. Phase one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Season two Season is, two was at its moment. Well, he got it canned, yeah. didn't it? Well, so... Well, I'm angry because yeah. Hayley Atwell was, was was wonderful remarkable in that role. Screen, but I I like Jarvis as well. You know, I like the, the interaction between the two. You know, but, yeah. But what I like is with Captain America: First Avenger, you got this bit where now we're suddenly we're not just dealing with this time period. Now we're not mm. dealing with the era that we're in now, two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. We're There's a Marvel universe back in nineteen forties. There's a Marvel universe in the sixties, eighties, nineties. We're going to dip in into all of this that was a game changer yeah, yeah. That, that's so off. it wasn't they just created the universe they created a universe and a variable time frame that you could mm-hmm. dip in and out and have characters that were in wartime characters that were in the 80s like you say we, you did eventually get Hank Pym as Ant-Man and Scott Lang as Ant-Man that was in coming up we're going to discuss that but Obviously, this was all leading to one thing. Now, what do you? Well, maybe you can lead us in on this. We we suddenly got our fa- one of our favourite directors, one of our favourite talents in the industry, Joss Whedon. What did you think with the Avengers when you saw it? Who could ever have predicted that as well? Mm. Whedon. Yeah. Whedon gets the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Because at what point did T come on? Was it uh, round about the first Avenger? Because didn't he yeah. uh, direct the post-credit sequence of Captain America: yes. the First Avenger? That's right. Yeah. Right. So he'd been on for a couple of years uh, yeah. at that point, and yeah. then re- remained on all the way through Phase Two, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Basically, taking over from Favreau. At this point, he was going to be literally the right-hand man of Feige. One, yes. if Feige ever left, he would probably be running it all. Yeah. And you thought this is going to run and run. Well, what a gift, Joss Whedon. We've got Joss Whedon, guy we love, who loves this source material. And he can write the hell out of an an ensemble as well. So you have this nailed... um, For me, he delivered. Yeah. I I love the Avengers or Avengers Assemble. I saw it with my son, who was 17, and we sat there, and we got up and he went... That was amazing. That is one of the best films I've ever seen. And he's not as invested in it as me. He doesn't read comic books. He likes going to see movies. He knows the comic book characters, didn't know the ins and outs. And then he went and he said, guys, I know all these characters now. I know how they all came about and everything. He loved that. He loved it. I think his favourite was the Hulk in it. He said he he loved the way... He he loved that scene when Captain America went, Hulk, smash, after giving everyone all these intricate orders. You Classic Whedon. It, it was brilliant. And, you know, they cut some stuff out to reduce the runtime, and even the, the deleted scenes I've seen, they they still very, really good, you know. But I get that you had to make it... At this point, I think they were scared of going over much over two hours, but that, that scene went out the window, didn't it? A great threat as well. Mm. I love the, the Chitauri yeah. uh, invaders. I love the uh, aesthetic of those weird uh, fish space fish that they're riding in on and 
all of I them. I don't know the name of those. Yeah, I don't know the name of them either, but you know, there was a rumour one of them was going to be a metallic version of Fing Fang Foom. I can't say it proper because of this lisp I've got, but the, he's a big character, this big dragon, you yeah. know, where you had Monsters Unleashed recently, the series. He's, the, he's this weird, massive dragon that oh, keeps yes, attacking. Yeah. He's, 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 he's going to make an appearance you know? in the next issue of Starburst. I, oh, I love him. Mm-hmm. I, he was always on the front cover of the uh, Friends of Old Marvel, Foom, and they don't, because that's where he's got the name from. Thing Fang Foom, yeah. So you know the newsletter of Friends of Old Marvel, Foom. It used to be called the Merry Marvel Marching Society, and then they changed it to Foom because it sounded more Stanley-ish. What? And then he created. I don't know what Fing he's talking Foom. about right now. Right, they, they had a fan club, and it was called the Merry Marvel Marching Society. And Stanley went, "That's rubbish. That that's called well, that's I'm, rubbish. Yeah, I want with one Stan of these. On I want one of these goofy, goofy uh, anachronisms. You know." So he called it Friends of Old Marvel. So you, you could have the newsletter had come in, it'd be "foom" with a big exclamation mark. And then he wasn't satisfied with that. He went, that sounds really good. And then he just introduced this giant dragon called Fing Fang Foom. It sounds like an uh, Ali Bungo catchphrase, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, we know it is. It, it's, it's like that. So what do you reckon, Martin? Yeah, uh, Avengers just laughed out loud all the way through. Yeah. Enjoyed every yeah. moment of it. Ali yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. one. Forgot to mention the comedy. Yeah. 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 So we've heard that's, that was... forced comedy either. It was mm. So that, good. at this stage, that brings phase one to uh, an unmitigated success I mean the amount of money they took with the Avengers they, they, they brought the billion which they weren't expecting to do and if they say they were they're liars because they were not they were gobsmacked at the amount of money that took and when you added all of that up that was a serious amount of money so we end up with phase one and before we go to the break what's your, what's your favourite phase one probably the Avengers hmm. Avengers, Avengers Assemble Oh, yeah. Just a hair's breadth, Captain America, because it gives me a warm, nostalgic glow. Um, there isn't a lot in it. That and The Avengers are two of the best movies I've seen. I mean, you can't say fairer than that. No one's allowed to talk, is that it? You can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. To peace. Tony Stark. Now you work for me. What are you building, Stark? Are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I have my eyes open. I want to protect the people I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. See if this dog can hunt. So the upgrade is complete. Tell you what, throw a little hot rod red in there. 
good luck keeping up. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. There's been speculation that I'm parading around as a superhero. I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. Want the latest news from the world's longest-running magazine of cult entertainment without journeying to the dark side? Catch the Starburst Radio Show every Wednesday on Fab Radio International at 9 p.m. Hosted by the editors of Starburst Magazine. I find their lack of decency and common sense disturbing. This is Fab Radio International. the alternative and welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International and our Marvel Cinematic Universe special as we catch up before the Avengers Endgame is released tomorrow in the UK and we've got one or two emails we'll be very quick Loz is saying hi Lozinger here He's giving a cheeky wink there, yeah. and I think that wink is to you, Mr. Hayes. Um, really looking forward to the Avengers. I presume you have seen it. Well, there is a review on starburstmagazine.com. We're not going to give our thoughts now. We're going to be adding our thoughts on as a, an extra to the podcast, uh, which is going to go out. And it's, you knows, but we're going to do a build-up to it tonight. And we have another email off Alex Tremberth who's saying that the football's not going well United are down so he's tuning into something to cheer him up and that's us apparently that's so because right, they've lost apparently so that's even better oh well there you go time travel yeah. that's time travel so phase two begins with Iron Man 3 and a trip down to London for me Chris <laughs> and Mr <laughs> Paul Mount who went to premiere and he we were sat in screen one which is the most prestigious cinema in the uk screen one leicester square odeon for this this amazing premiere and chris turns to me and says screen's not very big is it i'd be better off watching it on my iphone yeah literally that's what he said to me right and then i got my iphone out to demonstrate and it was bigger So I, yeah, you know, <laughs> the problem with them is that the actual auditorium's so big. It, it was huge, it man. It like was that. there yeah. was there was the stalls, there was the circle, and then we were at this other circle yeah, yeah. just above that. There were three yeah. bloody layers to nosebleed. It. Yeah. So anyway, it came on, and some people have moaned about this. I thought Shane Black did a good job, and it was more comedy orientated, but it also had a lot of dark stuff with Tony Stark going through lots of. PS, uh, PTSD. PTSD, I nearly yep. got it wrong then. PTSD over the Avengers because he did nearly Absolutely. die and he, he crashed did, yeah. down and all that. And, and going to space. He was having panic attacks and stuff, and that was great. And a lot of people were going, oh, he wasn't Iron Man much in this. And then they were, we went through it and it got to the key moment where the Mandarin had been in doing that wonderful turn by my least favourite actor in the entire universe that's ever lived, Mr. Ben Kingsley. Uh, but I must admit, I did like his little, they all know never see me coming as the mandarin you know who i am you don't know where i am and you'll 
never see me coming. And then, suddenly, what happened, Chris? Because the huh? face that he pulled when this happened, by the way, you, you'd love to have seen it, Martin Wright. He just <laughs> did this. I'm going to try and do it. And it's he just radio. had a goofy grin, like, what have I just seen? He just turned to me when this happened. You yeah, were really, I can't remember you the, what's he called, Trevor Slattery? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. But, but it was do. so ballsy, Too. though, wasn't yeah, it? Because you knew it was going to upset everyone. Look, I want to go to the movies and I want to be surprised. I know. And well, that was, we're so used to formula so funny, and we don't even think about it, but... When you sit down, you t- nine times out of ten, you know, act one, act two, act three, based on, you know, the uh, promo materials and the fact no one takes risks. Yeah. This took risks. Everything oh, yeah. in this movie worked for me. Yeah. I love the PTSD angle. Yeah. It makes me care about yeah. the character. Yeah. It adds more yeah. vulnerable. Human. More vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Trevor Slattery twist... Absolutely hilarious. What do you want? Do you do you want another goofy yeah, comic book villain with magic rings? And that wouldn't have fitted yeah, with in that uh, well. association no. with you know a terrorist organization. Well, you know what they did? They tried to do the Mandarin by having the what is it the the organization known as the Five Rings? They called it in the first one, and it was a cursory throwaway thing. So I thought, oh well, that's them dealing with the uh, with the Mandarin. So we've yeah, not, yeah, we've, we've had the Mandarin in for it's, it's comic book completists, but the got to remember right the mandarin is a very racial stereotypical yes. um asian guy in a weird wizard robe with magic rings and it's a bit of an hard sell really isn't it of even it is. with with some of this all because we hadn't had doctor strange at this point and we were we were, it was still trying to be grounded to a degree even the avengers was more grounded than than you know it's ended up it's gone totally cosmic now but they they built up to it being as wacky as the comic books, but they did it slowly over 10 years. And at the stage they did Iron Man 3, I don't think you were there. And I think if they had have had a comic book crazy wizard with, with crazy rings who looked a bit like Fu Manchu, I think that might have had a... There might have been a few issues. I think it would have clashed with the, the terrorist angle. Yeah, yeah, it would you know, have. Because you've had the crazy, yeah. you know, frost giants and stuff yeah. of Thor. But that's in a separate realm, so... Yeah. Earth at this point was still reasonably um, seemed to be, you know, any of these fantastic forces were, as you were saying, fish out of water when they arrive mm. on Earth if they've come from their realms. But I, I liked it. And what I did, you do realise, obviously we know there was a kickoff over the Mandarin thing. And they sort of... Massive. They, they was massive. And it never did. And you know I'm a completist. I love comic books being... You're a As purist. Are, I'm a purist. Yep. But even I said, well, that was an interesting twist, but they did the extra, didn't they? they yeah, and um, that's one thing we've we've failed to address here yeah. uh, in, in the in the phase one, the yeah. introduction mm. of the much-missed Marvel one-shots yes. that were included on the DVDs. Yep. Um, can you remember which movie it was? The funny on, thing happened on the way to Force Hammer. Which is a great title. First one, yeah. and that was Coulson. Colson and um, and uh, his mate Oscar. Um, I don't think he was there. Was he? Was he just in the car outside? Because he he just interrupted a burglary and then threw some cans, knocked him out. Store. Yeah, and it was really kick-ass. It showed you what he'd be like in Agents of Shield, and then 
the follow-up was the specialist, was it? Where it was the the it was they were basically talking about Tony Stark, weren't they? Apparently, the, the consultant was first. The consultant. Oh well, that was the first one. And then funny thing happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they eventually did a a Marvel one shot shot where they kind of retconned. They did the uh, the the Trevor Slattery the shuffled, yeah. reveal. Uh, Trevor was visited in prison. Yeah. And uh, basically uh, warned that the Mandarin was onto him now, and the the Order of the Five Rings or yeah, whatever his yeah. organization is. Yeah. Uh, got, yeah got so it did actually play back to the first movie in that that order was real, and he's the head of it, and he's found out he's took his name in vain, and he's in for some trouble. The terrorist group, historically associated with the Mandarin, officially they're dormant, but evidence suggests that they're becoming more active. Well, the Ten Rings, are they real? It's well documented. That is so cool. Well, Trevor, you told me that when you got this role that you had researched it thoroughly. Yeah, but when an actor tells you he's done the research, it means he's switched on his computer, Googled his own name and had a quick wank. So, you mean to tell me that you don't know the history of the Mandarin himself? He was a warrior king. Inspired generations of men through the Middle Ages, perhaps even further back in time. Blah, blah, blah. Who bloody cares, mate? It's a show people want, and I gave them a good one. It's not the Mandarin they'll remember. It's the name, Trevor Slattery. It's the brand, Trev. You're right. And for that sin, you will soon suffer horribly with a hole in your body for every ring of our faith. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Consider this a lesson in what's real and what's not. Why do people keep pointing guns at my head? Please, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Target acquired and imposition extraction unit mobilized. I'm not the one that's going to kill you, Mr. Slattery. I'm here to break you out. That's nice. Not really. You see, there's somebody who wants to meet you. Do I know him? No. But you took his name. And now he wants it back. No. <laughs> Sorry. I still don't get it. So that was good. If you I mean that's alright. I suppose everybody got that we got that funny twist, and anybody who's really got the knickers in a twist over it, they've had they've got their Mandarin back now. They and yeah. they've not bothered showing him. I'm absolutely him. fine with yeah, it. And they've not bothered showing him, so we don't need to wonder what he's like or anything. It's just something else they can imagine he's the guy out of the comics, can't they? Until that closing chapter comes, the book is still being written. Absolutely. You know, and uh, that's yeah. the, the beauty and the curse of uh, the long-form storytelling. Yep. So we then move on to For the Dark World, in which in which our, our friend uh, Christopher Eccleston, who's left many, many, many projects, because especially Doctor Who, saying... I'm not um, doing all these silly things. I want to do more serious theatre. Obviously makes his Marvel Cinematic debut as a purple goblin. A dark elf. Sorry. Sorry, yes. Yes, yes. This has... And uh, I like him. ...the potential to be my worst... I knew you didn't like this one. All 22... But something's got to come last. It has. It's not without without its moments. No. You know, Hemsworth is always great to watch... But uh, if London, 
God, awful. Grizzly. Well, why film it raining in London? There's I, sunny I days know. in London yeah. sometimes. It could, it could be worse. It could be fog. That would have no. looked better. Fog. Um, that's fog, fine. Definitely. Yeah, if you go to do London, cliche, that's the cliche. Yeah, well, let's fine. do that. Stick with that foggy, <laughs> foggy London. But good God, Mission Impossible and this movie, them two movies made made it look so miserable. And then, and it does impact on the film. And at the time, we put a review online of for the Dark World. I don't remember which of our writers wrote it, but it got nine out of ten, and it actually said uh, because this had only come, this came out within even though it's a different phase it wasn't much time between this and the avengers and in, in the 12 month period and he said and i remember a, a quote in the review saying what a fantastic movie blah 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 who'd have thought the best marvel movie to come out within the last year would not be the avengers and i thought oh and and i hadn't seen it when i read that review our review so i went in quite pumped and i was I wasn't underwhelmed. It still had a lot of good stuff. I like Thor, I like the mythology, but I've like not... Denning. I haven't watched it again, that one. I've watched Thor twice, two or three times. I haven't seen The Dark World since. Oh, God, God, I wonder no. why. Maybe I just don't like it as much. There, yeah. we, there we go. Do you all... Look, you guys, you can email in. And we'll keep checking the emails and you can throw your two penithin on anything we're saying. Studio at fabradiointernational.com or Twitter. Um, we're here for a little while and, um, you know, say which which are your favourite movies of these we're discussing and, and we'll move on. Then the next one was The Big Shock. I made it clear to you, I was a little disappointed that Captain America got thrust forward in time. In the comic books, he gets pushed from 1940s to 1960s when the uh, when the Avengers formed in the comic books, and here it's a lot longer period, so even more dramatic. And I thought, okay, he was good in the Avengers, but now he's going to be in a movie. And what's it going to be? Is it going to be just Captain America, fish out of water? That's not going to sustain two hours. And what we got was a, a superhero James Bond movie. And it's one of my favourite entries in this entire saga. And that is Captain America Civil War. So I think we've gone there from uh, one of the worst received No, we've movies. not. I've, I've got it wrong, sorry. I, I said Captain America Civil War. I meant uh, The Winter Soldier. Oh, right. So thought, Captain, Cap- no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No. My apologies. It's a long night. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. That that was a shocker. It was a Bond movie. The, the scene in the elevator with Cap fighting with the... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was one of the best action scenes I've ever seen in a film and I can't believe how good it was and it was genuinely shocking to me because it threw not only that it absolutely screwed over the TV show. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was coming towards the midsection of its run and let's be honest me and you were talking every day about this because it was Whedon's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We thought this is going to be amazing it's going to be ace and it was fairly mediocre up until this point and then this happened fairly yeah 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 and then captain america winter soldier suddenly shield the entire organization collapses that most of them have been traitors all along they're all members of hydra hydra's back which is back and they never went including away including oscar yeah who i mentioned before oh yeah it's definitely not his name but let's just know <laughs> you mean that. jasper 
Yeah. There we go. No, and he, had an uh, error on the end. And I was shocked because he's a really, really cool character in the comics. And the the poor buggers, he's been deep t- turned into uh, a bad guy. Interesting but character, though. He is an interesting character. Hail Hydra and all that. I mm-hmm. love this film. And it shocked it. But, but immediately, talk about tie-ins, the... That Marvel's Agents of Shield the next week suddenly turned into a different show. It did, yeah. All really because got of this kick movie. up the arse, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, with, with this, and it kept the momentum to the end of that season. And, and I, 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 God, I, th- I thought the bit with uh, Thor's boots, you know, when they tied it into oh, crap, uh, the Dark man. World, was good. Little yeah. did we know this was coming. Yeah, little did that. Do you remember coming. that, Martin? I do remember they couldn't that. afford. Yeah. They couldn't afford Emsworth's <laughs> face. If anybody saw this the episode of Agents of Shield, they tied it in before the Dark World because were they in London at the same time or something? And then they saw it on screen. Yeah, they went to saw, clean up. Oh yeah, the, the, the mess. Uh, the, yeah. the mess. The yeah. Dark World. Yeah, and they showed a clip on TV, but they cut. They cut him. and just saw his boots. Because obviously the boots Yikes. don't. The boots don't demand Doing a the big feed. Doing the superhero landing. Yeah. So, so Winter Soldier, yeah, this was the uh, the Russo brothers' uh, debut movie yeah. in the MCU. This is what got them, yeah, uh, the big gig. It's incredible, and um, I don't think well they've been be- ever been better. No, I Never. know that's a controversial statement. No, but the action uh, in this movie is second to none. It, it's non-stop. It's all the way through. It's got you on the edge of your seat. You've got it is a, an amazing drama it's an amazing spy thriller it's an amazing action movie it's, it's an still incredible, very funny and it is it's got comedy going all the way yep. through it it's got a lot of black comedy and and all the time the stakes are hideous everything you've been invested in because this is like the, the this is at that point you've got you've you've been invested in uh, eight films previous this is the ninth movie you're approaching the halfway mark and they've gone and took a wrecking ball to everything you thought because up until now S.H.I.E.L.D. was the centre of this, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. organisation, it's like having uh, James Bond and suddenly MI6 and the British intelligence disappear and he's on his own for two or three movies. You know, they, he, I was going to say, don't they do that in every James Bond movie? Yeah, and then he's back to normal at the end and then he's burnt out at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the next one then he's back at the Yeah, that's the Daniel Craig era of oh, Bond. The more right. realistic one would be... My uh, God. They just throw everybody yeah. under the bus and so <laughs> so it. So surely where his stage... Uh, phase three that's easy for me to say and we've uh, we've we've sorry phase two god i can't get anything right tonight and we're on to movie number nine and they've gone and shook things up incredibly so obviously the next movie's going to be really boring by comparison in it which is guardians of the galaxy an almost impossible movie to make in this day and age and one in which one of our writers bet me 20 quid and said this is a joke if you you're not going to make a movie, make take any money. It's going to be their first box office bomb, and I don't even care what a rocket raccoon is. And that's what he wrote to me. And I said, "Nah, you're wrong." Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, not right. even mentioned his name, which is good. But we know, and he knows. And I mean, it's, it's just it's, you're not paying attention if if you if you at that point going, oh god, yeah, the, this ain't gonna, no one's gonna turn up for that. No. they've turned up for absolutely everything since. Mental. Yeah, uh, and it's all been very um, actor led as well. They've chosen, they've cast all these heroes so impeccably well, incredibly. And it's almost charisma-driven, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah. And then he, here you've got leading the pack Chris Pratt, yeah. who 
we knew from um, his work in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, but but not many of us seemed to. But we knew that was going to be a slam dunk. Yeah, James Gunn. We knew his material. Slither, brilliant movie, such yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super. Had he made Super yet? He had. Yeah, mm. uh, great. Very uh, very. That's a that's a black comedy. Yeah, I was confident, and look at it. It couldn't have been any better. There were two versions of the comic book. One version had Commander Vance Astro and Starhawk and a few other characters, and there were very. It was very weird, sort of like an LSD space saga in in the nineteen sixties. It came out about the same time as the original Captain Marvel comic, and this was when they were trying to open up the comic book universe into uh, the Fantastic Four had discovered the negative zone, so you had a weird new world there. And they they brought us out into space, but that was set in the year 3000. When they brought the Guardians of the Galaxy back, they brought back a, star, a character called Star-Lord and got him to obviously meet Groot and all that, and this that was based now. So that was based in the current Marvel. But this lineup that they chose to go with for Guardians of the Galaxy was the new one. Now, you're thinking this was made in 2014. They That that bunch of characters only got introduced into comic books in 1995, whereas the original lineup was 1960-odd. And and yet what they did is some of the characters that are in the peripheries, like Star-Lord's mentor, yeah, he was one of the guys that was in the original lineup. Are you with me? So they gave me both versions, sort of. They, I, everything I liked from the original comic, the 60s, they, that some of them characters were in this with the new vibrant lineup and Rocket Raccoon and all the main players from the newer the newer uh, fans of the comic books. I so, remembered Rocket Raccoon yeah. from uh, the 80s. He used to he, he was appear in, yeah. in the, uh, the Marvel UK yes. Transformers yes. comic as a, right. as a backup strip. That's right, yeah. That's right. And they, they, he's the earliest one of the... Uh, him and Star-Lord. Star-Lord was first seen in the UK in the, you know, the UK Star Wars comic by yeah. Marvel. He was the backup strip and he was drawn by John Byrne. And that's where I found out about Star-Lord. Right. So these characters, that's where Star-Lord's first appearance is in that UK Star, Star Wars comic. Right. And it was reprinted in colour in the States and, and it's been around, but they've had a lot of different versions of him. And this is what, what the joy of this is, that Guardians of the Galaxy gave us a, a Marvel Comics Star Wars movie. It, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Uh, a very big universe. You got all the bits that they were hinting at. If you were watching Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the heard about the Kree, if you'd heard about all these other bits and bots, it, it managed to pull everything together. Plus, suddenly Thanos is getting more important because you've seen Thanos at the end of the Avengers and he's the big bad behind all this, the Tesseract. Even though they didn't stones. know what they were doing at that point. But no, again, I'm, it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Listen, if they're making this up as they're going along, they're doing a Okay, like, job like every that. writer in the in the entire yeah. world. Yeah, so uh, take it all for ears like that, Phil. Yeah, yeah. I like the it. Martin's unequivocal. That's the first one that you've just gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that and the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I do think it's a it's somewhat overrated. Right. Yeah, I don't I get, like I the blue humour. Oh, I you think... big girls' blouse. What do you mean? What do you mean? You blue humour. What's wrong with blouses? <sighs> What? I mean, what do you mean? You like rude humour. No, I do. You watch rude stuff. I watch rude stuff. Not like porn. I mean, you've laughed with... You've been watching films with me and there's been some really crude gags and you've laughed. Yeah, but this is a movie for for families. And then you've got masturbation jokes. Give me that joke. What's that one? 
He I says, don't shine a black light on this, you know, anywhere. Uh, if you do, it looks like a Picasso painting, meaning that he's... I didn't even know that. what that meant myself. <laughs> I didn't even know what that it's meant. disgusting. It's not. That I means didn't... he's been having a dirty rummage there's all never... over his shit. Right, there's an eight... I don't like that. Yeah, look, the there's not gonna... an eight-year-old's not going to know what that means. That's, That's just for the dads. That's yeah. a bit of bluefoot dads. Yeah. I don't like a bit of bluefoot dads. Dude, you, you're because the you age of the like... Little, you're supposed to. Johnny. No, I don't Johnny know. won't, no. You can't do Johnny. You can take little, little Johnny little, to little see little that. Little Johnny. I wish he'd born on Johnny. <laughs> He'll be, be laughing. cleaner. At, right, you take little Johnny there. You'll be laughing, Daddy, at, you'll be laughing at the cum jokes. What's he mean with the, <laughs> the Picasso? Imagine explaining that. Easy. You've got to be creative. This is what keeps me up He's at night. Being creative. Do you know what? I was driving down the road with, with Charlie at the side of me, Joe at the back. Joe was nine years old. We're driving up um, here. I think Fab had not been open that long. And we're driving up to Manchester. Yeah. And he was, um, and he just suddenly, out of the blue, just goes, Dad. I went, yeah. He goes, what is masturbation? Oh, Jesus. Just like that. And, I, and do you know what my answer was? Get out. No. It was, well, what that is, that's something you need to talk to your mum about when you get home. <laughs> and, and that was it. And I did get the phone call. I, uh, he said, you asked me to, to, to tell him all about that. What are you thinking? And I went, I didn't. I just said I didn't want to discuss it with him. <laughs> but no, I do get where you're coming from. But come on. That's a poor choice of words. Oh, no. You know what I mean. Stop I mean, it, you, suppo- you're supposed to have gags that hit us and gags that. Oh, see, not. Even that's not. <laughs> even that dumb. I can't say anything now because it comes across. Oh, no. Oh, there we wrong. go. Uh oh. But look, little Johnny did not get that gag. No, don't, you, you're stressing about the wrong things. I'm not stressing. No, I'm just. He's saying, got a point of view. You're offended by yeah. I'm not offended per se. He thinks it's inappropriate. I think it's inappropriate. Yeah, I get that. Uh, for a family movie. But it was, was it wasn't a family, it was a twelve A. A family movie. Arrest my case. Oh twelve A. So, so no, that's your responsibility for little Johnny. You've got to yeah. decide whether this the, this sort of thing there is. There may okay. be a bit of woo how in it. Because that the the others were were they all twelve A's? Some um, of them I'd, weren't. I, I would say most of them are twelve A's. Twelve and twelve yeah. A. What was rude in What are you on about? America? There's no twelve. There is. No, there isn't. There On isn't. home video, there is. Because there's no oh, 12A. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see. You're getting confused. There was, was originally. There wasn't. There was. No. So- Getting back to the run time so we can get on. The the, the overall reaction. <laughs> they, they wasn't, Martin. I know this well. They had to bring in the 12A. Uh, because oh, it was a it was a Spielberg movie. I'll look it up. This is because a cracking argument. F- this word, one, isn't it? It's a cr- riveting argument. This one, isn't it? Right. So twelve, twelve A. So overall, twelve A. Guardians of the Galaxy was 12. a surprise smash hit, and that am I right in saying that unexpectedly took a billion? It took over a billion, and people mm-hmm. they weren't Marvel were not expecting that that because it was a bit of a gamble. Great soundtrack, great soundtrack again. Yeah. That really helped. That the next one is where I get a little bit puzzled. It's movie number eleven, and here's Joss, Joss, my Joss, our Joss. He's back with Joss Whedon's Avengers: Age of Ultron. All the cast are back. We've got a classic story of Ultron. They've not established the character of Hank Pym who would become Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket and Giant-Man and all that he, they've uh, they've left him because that's 
got to come in the next film. So they they basically made it that Tony Stark created Ultron, which isn't a big stretch because we've seen him tackling lots of issues in the comic books. They had uh, Tony Stark was more of an engineer, whereas he he was more of a scientist, Henry Pym. So he would come up with something, and the artificial intelligence was more him. But they've made it so that Tony Stark's more of an all rounder. He's an all round genius. So yeah, he creates a giant robot. It goes mad. And hilarity ensues. Why have I only seen this movie once? And why do I not... Have I not felt like revisiting it? And why do I not hold it high? And yet, I cannot criticise it. You really should revisit it. It's great. Is it? Yeah, it is. But it's not perfect. Mm. The script clearly had some issues... Mm. we'll never know what happened because this was Whedon's last film. Politically, there was a problem. There was a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Whedon had been around for the entirety of Phase 2. Yeah. This is the penultimate film of Phase 2. So he's he's been around for all of that and he was the... Yeah, he was uh, Feige's second in command. Yeah. But uh, somebody who was more in charge of the, the narrative itself and, you know, doing rewrites on on many of the scripts but I think he lost a lot of battles on mm. this movie yeah uh, and you can see that evidenced in is there a lot of like dream sequences in this movie yeah, am they, I remembering yeah. it right yeah, yeah. and it, they they don't seem to go anywhere no uh, it, was very, it feels very clumsy. Nothing to do with four and and stuff. Okay, I'm trying to remember. They this are. is the stuff I'm vague about on it. Yeah. I don't remember that well. I really appreciate some moments of it. I love the where they're all chilling together and and relaxing. That was great. Seeing four in his more civilian yep, gear, trying to pick up the hammer. That was a great gag. Yeah, and a lot of that later of that on. There's a lot of banter. Yeah, you had yeah. the origin story of one of the biggest characters in Marvel pantheon, the the Vision, and they did. The, the, it was pretty similar to the one in the comic book. and A little rushed, I thought. A little bit, yeah. 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 I, I loved the fact that he casually picked the hammer up and gave it to Thor. Yeah. That was a great <laughs> moment, that. And I, I loved the bit where Captain America, it moved yeah. for him. Not, not the others, couldn't even move it. Captain America, it moved, and Thor looked like, oh, shit. It's just the, the, little, the tiny little movement it in is, Hemsworth's eyes when he sees it. It's just great, isn't it? Just that <laughs> I think Hemsworth. Just a scope. I think Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. and and um, Evans. Chris Evans are a trio that's going to be. If they are gone after this tomorrow, we won't know. But if they're gone after this tomorrow, they're very tough to replace. And you've got other people there. But I've got to say, no matter what, I'm optimistic. It's going to be a great future for these movies, and I'm sure it's going to be fine. But I will say, paying credit where credit's due. By this point, by Age of Ultron, those three were those characters to me. When I was watching them on screen, they had every characterization nailed, every aspect of the personality. And I think I think Hemsworth is brilliant. I mean he you know and he just he came from home and away for God's sake. A lot doing, of actors do these know, days. Isn't it yeah. bizarre? It and is I think bizarre. It's, it's like a little A list farm. Yeah. But he's he's good looking, he's an amazing actor and his comic chops are brilliant. His comedy timing's brilliant, that guy. And again, we knew Downey was had comic chops. We knew that. And uh, Chris Evans, well, he was pure comedy and Fantastic Four. You know he could do that. He surprised me with the emotional stuff. I love his Captain America speeches. And no, Hemsworth, yeah, them three. 
them three, they Marvel knocked it out of the park when they cast them. Yeah, and they've also owned the characters. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. They, they, outside of the films, they, they go and do the hospital visits was, in, in costume. That's something like that. we haven't mentioned. I the footage you can find it on YouTube. All you've got to do is just search a few words, and you can find them going visiting kids in hospital. Every time these movies are out, they go doing stuff. My favourite one is Robert Downey Jr. going with the to the lad who they built him a, a new arm, a prosthetic arm, mm. and he delivered it as Tony Stark. And you've seen this, haven't you, Chris? No. He, deliver, he delivers it, a prosthetic limb, a new really high-tech one to this kid, and he delivers it in a Stark Industries case Beautiful. with a Stark logo on and gives it him. This kid has no doubt that Tony Stark has made this for him That's and brought it to him. And he's there and he gave it to him and he was really good and he put it on and it worked. It like proper robot arm. Like Imagine, you. though, in like a week and it starts yeah. to rust and it breaks and then he becomes a supervillain. Oh, see. <laughs> so that's the origin. Yeah. Or, 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 he, or he goes and fights Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah. See, that'd be good. In five or, years. or the more depressing bit where he, he just sues he, he sues Stark Industries and then <laughs> so suddenly his, his parents are at a pocket hundred grand and everyone's bankrupt because it doesn't exist. Um, but I met him. I did meet I him. I met him. A genuine judge. I've seen me him. An arm. I've seen him. He, he ran off at the end. He said there was any disaster he needed to attend to. Oh, God. Hey, Alex, how are you? Pleasure to meet you. I have another bionics expert on hand, so I thought I'd drop by. Thank you. Yes, yeah, a pleasure. Nice bow tie, by the way. Thanks. How are your travels? It's very good. Well, I thought I'd bring uh, one of my gauntlets and match it up with yours and uh, see if everything's copacetic. You want to have a look? Sure. Ready? Yep. Great. Each one looks the same. Actually, I think yours might be better than mine. What do you say we, uh, we both try them on, do a progress report? Okay. You know who that is? Iron Man. <laughs> Great. God, dude, it's even cooler than I thought. <clears throat> I'm having a technical glitch. Um, as you can see, my light isn't working. Half the time, you know, I design one of these, it winds up breaking on me. But yeah. what I do is I keep working on it, kind of like you're working on it with Albert. He keeps working and working until he gets it right. Yeah, I think yours is still a little bit more right than mine because at least, you know. The lights work. Your light works, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at that, Dan. It's a marriage of robotic technologies. Bang, nailed it. Love it. Hey, good job, Albert. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Albert has made it so affordable. I'm probably gonna start farming out a lot of my tech work to Albert, too. I feel like he could cut the price point down on one of my suits, which right now is, I guess, about, I don't know, a billion and a half dollars. That warmed my heart, that, when I saw that one. That was brilliant. So, yeah, Age of Ultron said goodbye to Joss Whedon, who left, and he swore that he's never going to work for Marvel again, whether he does or not, I don't know, but it's a bit of I a I don't remember him saying that outright. He, no, he's, yeah. he, people have said that. I mean... Yeah, that, people have said that. You know, he yeah. said they've said that he has sworn that he wouldn't. No, he's not come on. He's not. They never do, though. They don't go on YouTube and go, this is me. My name is Joss Whedon. I am never working for Marvel again. Well, they? Exactly. they just tell the mates and then the mates gossip and then it ends up on the Internet, doesn't it? And some of it's true and some of it isn't. But 
this uh, next one, we move on to, uh, this is the end of phase two. They decided to end with Edgar Wright's original production who walked away at some point again and uh, i don't know the exact reason i'm not I sure do. do you well that's what we need ant-man yeah go on so Ant what Man, happened? edgar wright yeah was at that original tw- uh, 2006 comic-con san diego appearance the announcement yep. that they were starting this connected universe yep. he'd already written a draft of ant-man with joe cornish uh, it was meant to come a lot sooner than uh, what? So what's that? Ten like ten years later? Yeah, yeah, nine nine years later. Because in the actual comic books, he's one of the founding Avengers. He's he's a yeah. character. Nineteen sixty three. It was created. Well, you know, Edgar Wright's a busy boy, and they they yeah. shuffle things around. So all that time, all those many drafts, Edgar Wright starts it. You imagine how long pre production is on one of these things. Mm. He could have been working nine months on this uh, solid. You know, absolutely. Just in the run up to uh, principal photography, I think it was one week into pr- principal photography, mm. uh, he announced that he's left. Yeah. Do you remember the um, the cornetto of solidarity that Joss Whedon? Yeah. Tweeted to him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I hear you, brother. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Feige was eventually asked about it because mm. you know. Well, you was, would, yeah. It People was the, it was the creative differences. Uh-huh. Edgar Wright uh, staged dumb, and uh, Feige said that it was just a case of uh, Wright wouldn't, you know, accept his notes. You know, they were giving him notes, and um, he was like, oh, oh, you know, you eventually realise, oh, well, you, you, you're going to ignore all these notes? Mm. And that was it. They uh, came, uh, they had had a word yeah and they went their separate ways yeah but that's gotta be hard on right yeah hasn't it that way when he put all oh that work oh my god in. you yeah, saw exactly. the test footage of this film yeah before he'd seen half of yeah. the other stuff and he gets kicked yeah. off his own movie yeah. that he's been developing for for 10 years yeah I know well, he'll still hurt I can't imagine if he, I'm assuming he didn't go and see the film I, I, I oh, I'm maybe getting it wrong uh, here but in my head I, I think I remember him saying he has not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you I would, could have. No. no because I there's have. there's a lot of set pieces uh, in that movie that are still straight out of the uh, Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish draft. Yeah. They're, they're credited on it, but yeah. uh, they brought Peyton Reed in and he did a new draft and yeah. he, he, went, he directed it, it as well. It was great. The Thomas the Tank Engine sequence at yeah. the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's apparently straight out of uh, Edgar Wright's draft. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, these bit, there'll be bits, but I thought they did a great job with it. I love the narrative. I love the, the new comedy heist angle of it. I like the fact that people like me who remember Henry Pym got Henry Pym as, I, as Ant-Man. We got Ant-Man and the Wasp at the beginning. They managed to cover the period of the 1980s and de-age uh, um, Michael Douglas so that he looked like he did in Wall Street that looked perfect. So you then suddenly see an old Agent Carter who's head of S.H.I.E.L.D. in her last years there in the 1980s. You, so that's another era. So you've covered the 40s uh, to 50s, then suddenly you've got the 80s again. And this bit of, is bit more wibbly-wobbly casting again, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Because you've got Dominic Cooper playing um, Stark's father. No, it's... Uh, yeah, you have in the, the yeah. earlier. Yeah, and then he just transforms into 
um, yeah. Mad, Mad Men. Fella. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Sl- yeah. John Slattery. John Slattery. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, yeah, they did. They just so they're switching him in and out, aren't they? Yeah, they just, are. So they're both playing him. What they needed to do was CGI a version where some of the features were sort of similar and both. You know, um, what would that look like? I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't make much sense that he suddenly become because he's thicker set. His bone structure is different. He it, could not look more you, different. You, you couldn't turn into that guy. No. Uh, if you did go on the run when you were Dominic Cooper's age, and then they caught up with you at that age, they'd just burst down the door and go, "Right, we got a warrant for you." Oh, it's the wrong place. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> yeah wasn't they? Just I, the dude from yeah, Mad Men. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's it. That is a problem, but. But I, like, I do like the fact that they were fleshing the years out. Yeah, and, and at some too. point, they nearly there's very few eras now that they've not at least Just tried to flesh them, yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, and I like um, I love the fact that you got the original Adventures of the Ant Man there, and then he's out, and now you've got the new Scott Lang version. But the best thing, my favourite person in it was uh, Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. No, I mean, did, did, weren't you surprised? I mean, you know that she was good anyway, but yeah, she played I'd a always, character that was that her character was great in that. I always loved her in Lost. Yeah, she was charming, was superb. Yeah, so I, I love the sidekicks. Yeah. Oh, they were great. That story, the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And they they experimented a bit with a lot of the size changing stuff. Was brilliant how they did it, and I loved it. I thought it was it was great. And I thought after what I liked about that was you had Avengers: Age of Ultron, Bank, and then this was a much smaller little movie. Literally. And it was literally yeah, but it was it was yeah. You're right. <laughs> It was very entertaining, and it was a it was really a good light comedy. Yeah, hell and a hell of a lot of fun. And that was how you ended out. It's weird because you'd think they'd have ended this phase with Avengers: Age of Ultron, wouldn't you? But no, that was a good one to go out on. And everybody said that this was the point where every other movie, all the pundits were out there going, "Hey, yeah." They were just saying every single one is, "Oh, this is going to be the end now. This will be this will be the one." And they said, "Who's who's going to see Ant Man?" Yeah, still took seven hundred million at the box office, and that that was that, and that was the end of phase two. So if you we... can't you can't move on till you've given Rudd some love. Um, he wasn't mentioned I, in oh that God, entire I'm thing. Sorry. No, yeah, Paul I mean, Rudd. I thought that was incredible. a given. I've always loved that I guy. I warmed to him a great deal in that role. Again, such cracking casting. Again, These they, guys have just knocked it out they, of the they park really with, have. Their, they really with have. their leading actors. They really have. And I was I was wondering, and we'll get back to that later, but while all this was going on, I was wondering, I wonder who Janet Van Dyne will be if they do a sequel to this, you yeah. know? And uh, I love the fact that that Rudd, some of Rudd's lines in it, some of his one-liners were brilliant in that film. And, I've got no doubt that you know, you know he'll have uh, improvised a lot as well and oh, thrown yeah, in some yeah, of his own yeah. suggestions. I, him and, and and can I say Michael Douglas? Yeah, oh, I mean, I mean I'm God. less keen on Douglas. I've he's got no a great but actor. He, he, he Michael proved Douglas that he still had it. Oh, Michael Douglas yeah. is a great actor. He's a good human being as well. Is some he? of the stuff he's done, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Gives a lot of money away. Does know, a lot of good I know, stuff. I only know him for his jumpers. And his sex addiction. Yeah. Oh, well, he's he's a good guy. He's all right. And, I mean... He, enough for younger woman. Yeah, oh, yeah, and no one oh. else has done that in Hollywood, have they? My God, he's a real war criminal, isn't he? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that never happens, does it? No, I, li- I liked him in that, and I like the, I like the fact that uh, the inter the interaction between Michael Douglas and him 
and Rod were great. And there were two generations of actors there because he's, he's somebody who will have watched Wall Street as a kid growing up and then he's Michael Douglas. Next minute he's working with him. And I love that line where he went, right, my days of steal, breaking into places and stealing shit are over, right? Tell me what you want to do. Yeah. It, <laughs> I want you to break into, I want you to break into somewhere and steal some shit. Classic. It's a great line. And, you know, that, that's, um, it's wonderful anyway. If we can have a, a quick break, we'll get back and we'll finish off with phase three. But where the problem is phase three is a bit longer, so we're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit. Hello. This is the famous actress Susan fucking George again. These bozos drafted me in again to cover their asses. They intended to do a simple 90-minute show that covered the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a lead in for Avengers Endgame. As usual, this was never going to happen, so here I am again. Wheeled out to say. To be continued. I apologize for the sound of my voice. I have spent the weekend learning how to scream at people like Ed Norton. Tumbling through a thousand centuries You don't know where you land It's so dark in mythology Treasures of history To be found Here legends of time All the handiworks remain Only the dream to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m., exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar, Portland Street, Manchester. Hello and welcome to... Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International and it's quite a special day coming up tomorrow because it's the release of Inve- Avengers Infinity War I nearly said Avengers Infinity War it's and it's, yeah you're right oh Christ, alright I'm going to start this again for the view- so, so that when we do the podcast it'll be great, yeah I know, I told you why did you have to say the first bit was professional hey eh? <coughs> 